Now I never handle the intro, but I got a replacement for the week. It's Tim and Joel call it in the ring, but it's not. It's actually uh, Joel and Kate plus 800,000 opinions because we're wrestling fans. Kate, how are you doing? I miss you. What's going on? I am doing well. Slow news day. Uh, I, I said to you yesterday, I figured that the majority of this stream will be about Charlotte and Andrade's wedding. So um, if you came here for anything else, I don't really know what to tell you. Beautiful it wedding. Great. That Did you see dress. those photos? Oh my God. Both Beautiful. of the dresses. And then Andrade, he was wearing his classic, the black and white penguin tux. Did the dinner jacket for the reception, was wearing all white. It's beautiful. Really, it really enjoyed beautiful. that. Beautiful. Let's talk about it for two hours. <laughs> I mean, I could. I just I don't want to do two hours, but I certainly want to talk about it. I will say, I never knew. Like, there's been a lot of wrestling weddings of late, and I feel like we should start setting up wrestling wedding guest and party dream matches. Bandito, Rey Mysterio, Andrade was a triple threat I didn't know I needed. They were yes. all there. That's a fun one. <laughs> Just the, the big Los Ingobernables, like, over-the-top battle royal. It's perfect. Beautiful. That's Beautiful. what I want. <laughs> All right, y'all know who we are. Y'all know what we do. We want you to toss a thumbs up here on this video. Leave us a comment after the fact, or if you're in the chat, hello, good to see you. How you doing? And subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. You can also subscribe to the main YouTube channel, Fightful, because <sighs> it's not like there's much going on there. It's not like we had a 1.30 in the morning Eastern time stream that went for an hour and a half with Sean Ross Sapp, myself, and Rob Wilkins <laughs> with Kate in the chat and uh, Drew in the chat and making sure no one's being weird about it. Please don't be weird about it, about the MJF situation. My goodness. And were people ever being weird about it? I said to Joel off air that mod should make more than host. It's a way harder job. <laughs> when, when Sean approached the idea of a super mod, I didn't realize he was talking about someone to do super chats and hover chats. So at the time I was like, here's an idea for moderators. And he's like, I'll take it into consideration. Nothing ever happened, but you can still send us your super chats and support us here at Fightful Overbooked. <laughs> oh, the super chats. We are self-sufficient, self-sufunded, as I like to say here, Fightful Overbooked. Yes, yeah, self-sufunded is the word now. So you can go ahead send us your super chats, get your question, your statement right on the air and support us here. We also have our Discord. It's in the link in the video description. Go ahead, join us. We hang out with there. We talk about wrestling. We talk about the foods we make. We talk about the sports we watch. We talk about whatever you want. There's a general section. Get in on it. It's our Discord. Everyone's here. Everyone's saying hi. Luis is, in fact, the super mod. Although next week, it's Drew because Luis is off. So I'm very happy to say that. The nerve of people to take vacations. Who takes time, time off? If there's one thing we've learned is that when you take time off, you get a giant story dumped in your lap about someone no-showing uh, an event and then potentially correct. walking off the job. I guess we have to talk about it. I guess we have talk to talk about what? Things. Andrade and, and, and Charlotte's what? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, maybe we can, I don't know, we can talk about... Uh, you want to touch Taikanchi. on this MJF stuff? <laughs> uh, maybe we can talk about MJF. I was going to talk about Ty Conchi breaking into, uh, breaking into uh, America Top Team. Any oh, excuse no. to wear my prop veil. <laughs> Your prop. <laughs> I bought this for um, Dexter and Indy's wedding for the NXT show. And I break it out for any wrestling wedding. But this is a real life wedding. This is the first time I've ever been to a real life wedding. Aww. Prop bride. Prop bride. I am married. I have a child. <laughs> prop bride. Prop not, bride. 
not reckoned anybody's home. <laughs> I not just like the veil. Mark kicks us off in the super chat saying double or nothing refers to the amount of Kate we're getting this week between this and the Fightful Slack post show. That's true. When I asked Kate to jump on the show, I asked her yesterday. She very enthusiastically said yes, which I always appreciate. And then I immediately remembered that you're doing a 72-hour post show <laughs> with Alex Palowski over on Fightful Select after double or nothing tonight. Yeah, that's what this is. It's going to feel like WrestleMania weekend was, I think, in one day. But I love talking about wrestling daytime wrestling talk always feels like I'm on some sort of field trip too. So I appreciate that about this show. And I don't always get to sit down with you. I sit down with Alex a hundred times a week. So I was so very excited to, to My talk condolences. to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love Alex and he knows that. I oh yeah. Him. I'm just trying to keep him alive. You know? Yes. You're doing the Lord's work. Uh, whereas I've said this before, like the, the, Sour Graps brand of entertainment is not always my way of like handling things. I see the merit in it. I see the entertainment value in it. So like, I love what you guys bring to that. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, thank you. It's gotten real weird. <laughs> I believe way. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Barker with the super chat. <laughs> John Barker with the super chat. What's this about MJF no showing Charlotte's <laughs> wedding? <laughs> I know he was supposed to be there. I think he was supposed to officiate and he said, you're not paying me enough to officiate. I'm out. Very uh, weird. There was a meet and greet at the wedding, but you know what? You got to make your money where you can. This is a carny industry. So. I heard he was the ring bearer and he didn't like being the ring bearer. He <laughs> wanted to be best man. So he was trying to get his way up the totem pole and instead decided, well, forget this. I'm out of here. Rick Flair can be the ring bearer for all I care. So uh, there you go. But so now I just have the visual of Ric Flair being a ring bearer, and that's hysterical to me. <laughs> so the big the big conversation here, and by the way, if you haven't figured it out yet, we don't take everything seriously on this show, When whether it's myself and Kate or myself and Tim or when Cher Delaware is here, whoever's here, we, we don't take everything seriously. We'll talk about storylines. We'll talk about news. Um, Tim was actually really interested in talking about the MJF situation and the, the whole story of him no showing the meet and greet, which is very uncharacteristic of him. And then being supposedly spotted at Mandalay Bay pulling slots and then decided that uh, he didn't want to be there. So someone, some we don't know who, may have booked him a flight, which it turns out he did not get on. Uh, but my big question is, uh, what slot machines do you think MJF is pulling from? Is he doing the, the penny slots? Is he doing the nickel slots? The quarter Is he a quarters guy? I'm a quarter slots guy. I don't know. What, what do you think? What kind of slots is MJF pulling? I think I'm going to say penny slots. And I'm going to say... Such a ripoff. I made money on the penny slots. So. Yeah, but the penny slots are a ripoff because they start at 30 cents as your bet. You may as well go to a, a save yourself the nickel and go to the quarter slots. I mean, not if you win big. It doesn't really matter about that nickel. What's winning big? I think he big? played like the Sex in the City machines. And I think he played the ones that are weirdly like, <laughs> weirdly <laughs> ethically <laughs> ambiguous where it'll be like pyramids, but also things from India. Like one of those. <laughs> I think that's that's why he played. 
I think it was penny slots because I think it was supposed to be symbolic of the fact that he's not making enough money. Like he can't go play the high roller table because Tony Khan is holding out on him. There, oh, the perfect. there you go. Because he's got to give the impression that he's underpaid. Uh, I see Caleb saying it'd be hilarious if he won the jackpot and then said forget this wrestling <laughs> Maybe he just won big. Maybe we're overthinking this. And he was like, Maybe. I can retire right now. And then Tank also <laughs> hit it on the head, which you were saying. He's doing the quarter theme slots, but it's the Egyptian themed ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's always like these weird, weird ones with like very um, culturally appropriative symbolism and music. <laughs> For some reason, he's doing the Wheel of Fortune slot, but like the $20 one, he's like, oh, I can only do like three of these pulls and then I'm out of money. <laughs> so <laughs> he goes into it and he gets the first, he wins big the first one and he just blows it all on like something frivolous. It goes to like Dave and Buster's. When, well, that's a great call under any circumstance. It's true. When we, we went to the Atlantic City AEW Dynamite, which was such a fun experience. Uh, and I won won like a hundred bucks oh yeah i did good i covered my cost of the room (laughs) i had um when i went to vegas for SummerSlam last year i ended up doing pretty okay i think you really just got to know for me when i go to to any casino i walk around i don't just pop down in a machine and like stay there um i see people who do sit down and like spend their entirety of their stay at one machine that would drive me nuts i don't i don't have adhd but if i did couldn't do it it just I need to get oh, up and move around. I do, and there's a bunch of shiny lights that are going to pull me to different machines. I don't know why I would stay at one. Exactly. Yeah, like Mike. Mon Mike is saying he's on the Monopoly slots. Perfect. Perfect. This is what we do. This is what we do on Sunday this afternoons. This is the important news of the day. It is because at the end of the day, we found out that MJF did not get on the plane. Uh, this was the Ross and Rachel situation of the nights. And uh, it was to go on the plane. And now we're now we found out that just like Rachel, uh, he got off the plane or he didn't get on the plane in the first place. Whatever it was, it, it came and went. Shocket twenty nine says, "Am I wrong for not feeling sympathetic to MJF's situation compared to Sasha and Naomi? Because it seems like it was a situation of his own making." Um, I've had this conversation with other people, and I really think that. And it, so this this is what's important. The the handling of this is going to be completely different than the crux of the situation. The the situation is very simple at its core. Creative minds want either better creative or better money or some combination of the both. It's the same situation in that regard. How it's handled is completely different. I will not sit here and tell you that WWE handled it well. I will not sit here and tell you that AEW has handled it well because, quite frankly, they haven't had to handle it at all just yet. We don't know his status for the pay-per-view. That doesn't really matter. We just know that something happened in the middle of the night, and now he didn't get on the plane. Kate, give me your thoughts. What are you kind of thinking when it comes to the Sasha Naomi thing? Is there a comparison? Is there a way that maybe you're thinking of it differently than most people? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think fundamentally they're very similar. I think there are a few key differences. Uh, one, Sasha and Naomi didn't walk out on a meet and greet, which screws over fans. So that's different. Pa- fans paid to see an obligation that you were supposed to meet. That's not a good look. The other thing is, I don't think it's appropriate to probably walk out during TV, but it's definitely unprofessional to... Um, like they're they're on the brink of making Wardlow into a star, right? So it, it's a 
a selfish move on that front, in my opinion, as well. Um, walking out on creative for a tag team division that doesn't exist, not great. But MJF, it seems like, picked a pretty pointed spot of this is one of the most compelling stories on the show. Um, you're on the brink of making Wardlow into a huge star with this. Um, from all accounts that we've heard, like, he's not a guy that is creatively selfish, it doesn't sound like. Like, I, this doesn't seem like a situation where it was like he needed to go over Wardlow or anything like that. Like, he seems like a guy who understands that a huge key of being a fantastic heel is losing. Like, you've got to get that comeuppance, right? And this has been such a perfectly built story. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think the comparisons are there. There are a few key details that are different, and those details are important. And the other thing is we just know more about the Sasha and Naomi situation than we do about the MJF situation um, because more information is simply surfaced. So it's also easier to draw conclusions off of that. As you said, like uh, <laughs> the way WWE has handled it about being very disappointed that these performers let us down, I think is trash. We will see what AEW does. If he performs at the pay-per-view, I think this is a black mark um, that looks bad on MJF for standing up fans and then might not lead to really anything else. He has a point, though. <laughs> like, I will say yeah. that. Like, he is right now a top star. Um, contract extensions do work uh, that you get more years in addition to more money. Um, but you also have to sit down for those conversations. So there's a lot of ambiguity about those conversations as well. I think it's easier to have empathy for Sasha and Naomi because we we just have more details. We see the way WWE has handled it. And MJF seems very opp opportunistic in his time to do that to, um, to, to fans. And it feels like Wardlow is the one that's getting the shit under the stick on this. I do feel bad for Wardlow, and I and I mentioned that last night on the uh, the main channel. What what do you do with Wardlow now? And I I've seen people joke around about like call up Goldberg and do a squash match, or have Wardlow be inserted into the to the AW World Championship match. Which I, I I don't like any of that. Quite frankly, I would just rather someone actually sent a super chat last night that I thought was the perfect simple ending on a show that's you know got a thirteen matches scheduled. You literally have Wardlow come out doesn't need to cut a promo but maybe some ambiguous kind of words about you know i chased off mjf he's too scared to face me whatever have tk come out and just be like you know what you deserve this have him sign a contract everyone's happy it's such a silly and like simplistic way to get out of it it doesn't feel good but then on dynamite you got to reset and you got to find like someone who comes after wardlow for getting the contract the easy way and making him really fight for that for that position I would even go like smarter and simpler than that. Not smarter, smarkier, to be honest. Of like, <laughs> of I would have Wardlow say no words, sign a contract with AEW, and then walk backstage and do that. Not a single sure. word exchange. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think MJF is going to end up wrestling tonight. My thing is, can that match, and I think it can because it's been a perfectly told story. And I think right now, a lot of people want to see MJF get his ass kicked. But can the story that's going to unfold overcome the circumstances of this weekend? I think it can if it's done right. Um, but I, my gut tells me, like, if he didn't get on that plane, then he's probably going to to wrestle tonight. But that's purely just my brain kicking things around. That's not off of any information I know or anything like that. 
I hear you and I agree with you because there's a certain way that this could be handled if he performs tonight. Goes in, does the job, not like a finger poke of doom, but he does. They do the match. It happens. It's a little bit overshadowed by what people know about what happened last night, but they still do the match. He goes. And then this either sets the precedent for TK and MJF to actually sit down and actually discuss what comes next, or it ends with MJF being like, forget this. I'm out of here. I've, I've done what I needed to do with this story. You do whatever you want to do with me now. And that could end up with TK saying, you know, we'll assess the situation or in the scrum being like, nah, forget this guy. He sucks. He's out, you know, in in classic, you know, snotty TK moment. I think there's, there's a huge advantage here and that the story is set up for MJF to lose anyway. So whether he goes out of the company on his back or he sticks around, like the logical thing here is for MJF to lose, which is good. Um, If it was in a position where MJF is supposed to win, like, or the only logical thing would be for MJF to win, that's a little bit of a different situation. So um, the booking is at least in their favor on this very weird situation. Okay, MJF wins via roll-up, and then a camera follows him back to Mandalay Bay where he does the slot machines. And then it's just split-screen. It's the matches in one, and then MJF pulling the slot machines in the other. It's perfect. All right, let's do it. And then they run it back. Oh yeah, then they run it back on dynamite, but with the slot machines. It's anarchy in the casino. What do you get? Yeah, Clash chaos in the casino. In the casino. <laughs> chaos in the casino. <laughs> Shaggy twenty nine says Miro goes after Wardlow for taking the easy way. I don't hate that. People are really, really waiting for Miro. I understand why, but like, what do you do with Miro when he comes back? Does he go right for the TNT title? Is he the first opponent for a new? champion cm punk or a newly revitalized adam hangman page what do you do with miro when he returns uh oh i just got it go ahead i figured it out but you go you tell me tell me oh i was gonna say it depends on if punk turns heel to win the title i think um if page were to retain i think it's a a no-brainer you can have a heel miro walk in and face page but now i'm intrigued to see what you have to say what did you think we got to finish the kip sabian story kip's been kind of sitting at ringside with a box over his head for months i don't care if it's a squash but at least it gets kip back on the tv and with kip comes penelope ford penelope ford maybe seconds kip to the ring and then eventually dethrones jade cargill for the tbs championship Hmm? no I, do, I love Penelope Ford. People know this. I like. I actually. I think she. I think she can be inconsistent a little bit, but when she's on, she's great. Like I, yeah. I feel like she's very, very good in the ring. I think she's a ton of fun. Like from a character perspective, Kip. I just. He's never been someone I've latched onto, and I feel like there's been a little bit of start and stop with him. Um, oh, there's a Kip box T-shirt online. Well, Cop it wherever go. it is. Go go pick it up. I'll ask you this. Uh, do you have any overall surprises that you think are happening tonight? Like debuts or swerves? Do you think Bret Hart's going to be there? I don't think Bret's going to be there. Um, I would be surprised. Uh, by the way, Bret Hart will be at Greektown Wrestling in Toronto on June 25th. So I will be there. Y'all should be there too. My Grappy Hour co-host Lily will also be there. So come to the show. It's at Ted Reeve Arena. That's my cheap plug. And what else? Um, no, I don't think Brett will be there. 
I do think New Japan talent will show up. Um, Swerve will absolutely be there. Yes, Andrew the Giant. Thank you well, for, has, for reminding us. He has us. a match. So he does yeah. have a match. So Swerve <laughs> will be there. Uh, for I, the sake of argument, let's just assume everybody that's booked is going to show up and perform tonight. <laughs> let's just point, yes. let's just yeah make that a thing. <laughs> no, unless it's like the opening to Raw that one time where Raw walks out and it's Triple H in the ring and he's just like, everyone doesn't like the way I do my job. But CM Punk likes the way I do my job, and Sheamus likes the way I do my job. So they're gonna have a match, an exhibition, and yeah, that will be that. Um, I, I'm wearing I don't the jacket. Know. Yeah, wearing the jacket. <laughs> the, the, the irony of that entire thing now in God. context. Uh, yeah, I don't know who else could show up. I don't think we're gonna see a Tanahashi, a Okada type of thing with Dominion on the horizon. I think it's more likely we'll see someone who's been like maybe Juice. I think Juice Robinson would show sure. up. Because he's the IWGP US heavyweight champion. That's a big enough uh, accomplishment for the crossover sake of things. People know that title because it's appeared on AEW programming in one way or another. It's been defended there. Uh, and Juice also brings Bullet Club to the forefront of the conversation. So I could see Juice showing up. And I know that's not a huge name, but I think it's a big enough name that people would enjoy uh, getting more of the story of what juice and new Japan brings to the forbidden door conversation. Do you have anyone that you think should show up? Um, <clears throat> so I, I think, I think we have to set up, I don't know who it is. It very well could be juice. I think we have to set up bullet club versus super elite. I think that's going to be the big forbidden door thing that gets set up out of this tonight. You know, I'm waiting for Claudio and Gargano. I, tried to ruin Alex's life. And I think I was successful by saying, I think it would be hysterical if Johnny Gargano showed up and joined the Jericho Appreciation Society to have Johnny wrestling in the sports entertainment faction, literally Johnny wrestling. I think that would be so, so, so funny. Um, they tend to like to do big surprises like that after, like the, the Wednesday after. I feel like a lot of times we've gotten a joker that's felt kind of like, oh, all right. Uh, and then like Miro shows up or something like that. So I don't know if that's the case, but I think, I don't know. Something tells me like if, if somebody that's been on the free market is going to open up, it's going to be, it, Claudio will, will be the guy. I feel like maybe when ROH comes back, that's a good place for Johnny Gargano to show up and put that on the map immediately. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a possibility Brett could be there for the conclusion of the finals, but um, it's interesting because <clears throat> with Forbidden Door, it feels like things should be getting set up, but this doesn't feel like a big, huge, like surprise to me. I'm also wrong a hundred percent of the time about these. So like, well, don't listen to me. I mean, I under, I got, I knew Danielson. I didn't think they were going to have Cole show up the same day. I loved that they did. I was wrong about, the last pay-per-view and it ended up being regal which was awesome like that's yeah. who i wanted more than anyone at that point i was like enough with the wrestling talent get that guy in backstage so i don't know there's a lot of possibilities but i'll say i think brett will be there and i think if a big name shows up it'll be claudio uh i do see people in the chat mentioning jonah and i like the idea of jonah showing up again i don't think people will be as um They'll be wowed by the size, but I don't know if they'll be wowed by just Jonah showing up, period, in a sentence. True. There I'm pretty is, sure Jonah uh, worked last night at Warrior Wrestling. 
or maybe it was revolver. I think you're Either right. Way. Or yeah, um, I think you're right though. I feel like I saw that. Yeah. Uh, but on the women's side, I've been hoping Athena's going to show up for Jade. This would be a cool spot for it. I also think it's possible Malcolm Vivid could show up and start managing her, which would be really fun. But I think I counted out the non-compete, and I think WWE intentionally screwed them over for this. I think like Dakota Kai can't show up for one more day. I think I don't have yep. that exact. But yeah, yeah they, and, they usually and, do that pretty intentionally. So JPJ pointing out in the chat, yeah, Jonah performed last night against Jeff Cobb at Warrior Wrestling in Illinois. So listen, you can always hop a flight. MJF could have hopped that flight and then come right back. Someone said in that chat, uh, maybe he just missed his cat. Maybe forgot That's his phone possible. at home. Yeah, just you know, had to I get mean, through. Larry's better than Piper, but whatever. Hey, whatever. I'm not here to. I'm not here to argue about that. Uh, I am but, here to argue about wrestlers, animals. I do agree that. that sorry, <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> the Forbidden Door um, stuff has to start building. I agree with that, but at the same time, because Dominion is around the corner, and because. Double or nothing is tonight. You can't really play your hand too hard, especially if you want champions mixing it up with champions. So I don't really know what's going on uh, with that. But I think it's more of a, we'll start it at the dynamite after the show, after uh, double or nothing. That's what that I would do. Um, and, and the Gargano, sorry, the Gargano thing was hilarious to me because I thought <laughs> to myself, if he joins the Jericho Appreciation Society, he ousts Jericho and calls it the Johnny Appreciation Society oh or the Gargano Appreciation Society becomes the gas. That's what I would do with Johnny Gargano. Someone oh. else in the chat also referenced uh, the Owen Hart tournament, and we can talk about that in a second. But the idea that Britt and Adam mm -hmm. Cole win their respective tournaments and then the power couple takes on the Garganos, who debut on Wednesday night. Pretty straightforward idea to go, but uh, something that just came up. Candace like just had her baby, though. I always like these moms are coming back fast. It's insane, but I feel like that would be very very fast. Um, yeah. And I really don't. We already have the Tay Conti and Sammy stuff. Like I really don't need like another couple angle. I hate all of them, even when they're done well. Like they just are not for me. Uh, and I feel like you you can't have Ruby lose in a big spot like this again. I'm really hoping she takes it all because she's got to even the score with Britt. And it's like, I can't buy her as a top talent if you keep having her lose in key situations. It is very interesting with, uh, with Ruby Soho. There's kind of this, yeah, you're right, that this, she can't keep losing. Uh, at least in the big ones. Like you can't keep building your talent to the big match and then have them lose. But at the same time... Uh, you you can build them better. I, th I think just the frequency with which they're used is my biggest like qualm when it comes to AEW, uh, especially in the women's division because they only give so much time to it. If Ruby wins, what do you do with Ruby? Do you have her pair off with Jade? Do you have her pair off with uh, with maybe Thunder Rosa or whoever wins in their respective matches? Let's say in in a world where Anna Jay and or Serena Deep win their match, uh, what? what do you do with the winner of the Owen? Because there's nothing officially on the record with what they get, if anything. It's a little bit tricky because it seemed like there was a little bit of a Tony Storm Ruby Soho alliance and you could have a really fun, the two of them versus uh, Britt and Jamie Hayter. But I also feel like Jamie Hayter versus Britt has been brewing in the background there for a little bit. It would be neat to see a women's tag division 
I don't really have any complaints about the women's division. I don't know what Joel is talking about with these complaints, but <laughs> I only complain about it every week, all the time, for all the days of my life. Um, but but you're right. I think part of the detriment has been the last time Ruby really had an extended TV run was against Brit, and she lost there. So if she's going to have another extended TV run and lose to Brit again, that's really bad, right? Because we haven't seen like what she's been doing in the meantime, unless you're seeking out dark. Um, but I feel like her and Tony Storm could have a really fun tag run, kind of like Hobbs and Swerve, where it's like the title pictures are kind of busy right now, but your top talent. So pairing them off into a tag team could be really, really fun. I also think that Jade has got to drop sooner rather than later. I think this has kind of ran its course a little bit. So hopefully whoever she drops to, that would start a new batch of challengers for that title. So if not dropping to Ruby, I feel like say she drops to Chris Statlander. If Chris is working heel, Ruby would be great for that. They tend to, I feel like, like having, with the women at least, like, it doesn't seem like there's any um, care about, like, heel versus heel versus having a face and a heel. I think that's a good idea for a balance in your roster because then they can cycle through one, like, they can kind of counteract each other when you have one that's a face and one that's a heel. Your talent can go in those directions. But, um, yeah, I think... I think for Ruby, it's got to be something where she feels important if it's not going to be gold. I'm going to push back on the Jade Cargill comment that you made. I think that the, I know, right? Can't believe I would do that. I know. Look on your face. People having opinions. God forbid. This happened on Uh, Friday too. I just, I can't work. You're not, what, with Alex? With uh, Alex Cardoza? Cardoza? Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that? He respectfully disagreed with me on some things that's awful so he's never, never getting never bring back. back no never <laughs> brought back so uh, no he did a great job um <laughs> so what i would push back with jade about is that the addition of the baddies not the section but having kiara hogan and red velvet join her i think that revitalized the sure. jade character and i think that revitalized the tbs run um but it hasn't fixed it because right now the biggest problem that I have is that you've set up a match with Anna Jay that just came out of left field and had zero build, other than the fact that, oh, they had a match on Rampage once that main evented and it was good. That's not good enough to have a pay-per-view match. I understand Jade should be on pay-per-view. She has the popularity and she has the look and she wants to be seen, blah, blah, blah. But you got to give me more than just our champion looks good, so we should put her in a match. I want more from that. And I also want to see a renewed sense of uh, interest in the TBS championship, not just Jade has friends now. I agree with you. Alex had a theory that that spot was supposed to be for Sheeta, and that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, so I think maybe we were supposed to get Sheeta versus Jade. It's something we hadn't seen before. My bigger thing is Jade has run out of opponents, so you have to figure out something to do in that regard. And also the baddies are great. I don't know if they now need the title. I feel like the title has done what it was supposed to do for Jade. And I think maybe it's time for her to drop it. Like, I feel like we know the star that she is. And so now give that belt to someone else who would benefit from having the shine and the weight of having a title. Like, I I, I think Jade has gotten all the juice out of it that she's going to, in a sense. Uh, You know, the old trope in wrestling that the belt either makes the person or the person makes the belt. We're at a point with that TBS championship where 
they are still trying to build the belt as the thing that makes the person. And we don't have that person yet. I think that's kind of been the larger conversation. Who is that person? Do they exist yet? Are they part of the company? I know a lot of people throw at Athena, to be honest. I'm kind of off that train. I like her as a performer. I don't think she's this huge, massive draw that's like undeniable. And she's going to be the one to run the women's division, yada, yada, yada. I see the interest, but I don't see her as this like unmistakable big star who's going to, you know, be the top of AEW. Who would you hand it off to then? Penelope Ford. Um, I, <laughs> I don't have an answer. And that's that's the problem. I don't have an answer. I've sure. heard Sean say that person doesn't exist yet. And I tend to agree. But at the same time, that person could exist if you spend the time telling their story in AEW. Anybody could be built with a little bit of time and a little bit of care to be a big star. You, uh, there are certain intangibles, yes, but they're not necessarily giving that opportunity to certain people, in my opinion. Um, and, and that's not just an AEW thing. Like you see it in WWE as well. There are people who get debuted and then next thing you know, they're just sitting in the back and Shotzi's telling them you're undefeated when they haven't been on TV <laughs> since their second match. I think that's fair. I would love to see it be Chris. I think... The repackaging is working. I think in ring-wise, she's been one of their stronger, um, maybe the strongest in the ring since she's come back from injury. Like, she's been absolutely phenomenal. Serena would be a fun one to have the belt. I think she could do a lot of really great work with young talent. Um, But, yeah, I I think Athena, given the appropriate platform, could be that person. I think Dakota Kai could also be that person. Um, they get might be Tony Storm. She's sitting right there, but you're right in that there's um kind of a, a bit of a lack of what happens with that belt right now. Honestly, if she wasn't the Ring of Honor women's champion, Mercedes Martinez beating Jade Cargill would be a pretty uh pretty cool moment, especially if it's like, well, you don't want to do it handily, you don't want to make it look like Mercedes just squashed Jade and was like, I am the veteran. You are the newbie. You don't know what you're doing, but now the title's mine. I, I, maybe that's not the story, but the idea that I would have put that title on, on Mercedes Martinez had the Ring of Honor Women's Championship not existed. How about a debuting Willow Nightingale? I, I Yeah, I guess. I yeah. like Willow. I, I'm not huge on Willow. People know this about me. Like, I, I think she's yeah, really talented and whatever. I think she's super talented. I just don't, I don't get her yet. Other than like, she's really like, she, like I said, she's talented. She, she's powerful. She does power moves. And then she smiles a lot. That's all I get from Willow Nightingale. And maybe it's on me to find out more, but also it's on, if she's going to be on AW, it's on them to, put her out there more and give me more information than just she smiles a bunch and she does power moves because she's, you know, this powerful woman. The first smart thing my co-host at Mark Order has ever said. that Ryan will also be uh, sitting in with Rob doing a pre-show today on Fightful Select. So check that out because Maggie couldn't make it. Um, 3 p.m. Eastern, by the way. Thank you, because I couldn't remember the time. Uh... (laughs) I 
I don't understand how you don't get Willow right away. She's like one of the most magnetic people in the world. Clearly, you are but a fool. Jesus. I mean, yes, I am. But uh, you're not a fool if you leave a thumbs up. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> you're, you're not a fool if you leave a thumbs up on this video and uh, subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbook. We drop content daily. Uh, now, I guess since we're, we're kind of running down the card a little bit, uh, we talked about the women's Owen tournament and we just kind of settled on what we got there. What do we do in the men's? You've got uh, Adam Cole taking on uh, Samoa Joe, Mimosa Joe, Samosa Joe, Ragosa Joe. Joe who decides to take, you know, take a powder, not show up at his meet and greet. Instead, he wants to go do voice work. Huh? Uh, Samoa Joe, Ragosa Joe, Samosa Joe, Mimosa Joe. Huh? You... Anyway, you, uh, just, you flew those insults right at Samoa Joe and he just walked away. I would too. <laughs> the walk away spot is the best spot in wrestling. Cup of Joe. There you go. I will uh, take it to the grave. That, that's not what I meant to say. Whatever. <laughs> it's awesome. It's the best spot in wrestling. I will die on this hill. That's the metaphor I was looking for. It's too early uh, for me to be talking about wrestling. But um, I think. You know, Samoa Joe already has this whole alternate story waiting for him. I don't know if you want your first Owen to have a bunch of shenanigans involved, but I do think Adam Cole is going to come out with the victory, and I think that'll be a fun additional seed to sow the dissension. I don't like that baby Shawn Michaels is going to win the Owen, but <laughs> I think I think it's the right booking call, and Adam Cole had lost back-to-back -back title shots I think him getting a big win here is a good call. I just, I don't want the golden couple thing. to happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree at the same time. Imagine just how obnoxious they would both be with their co Owen Hart tournament championships, whatever they're giving them. Uh, they both come out with the cups and they both come out or the title, whatever it is. And they just, just, be obnoxious they would be great at it if anybody could win me over on that angle it's them but yeah i i feel like it's the wrong call on the women's side i don't think brit needs it i think ruby really needs something um and you can't keep having ruby get mowed down as we talked to about earlier with ruby winning it also kind of is a make good for grand slam which she's mentioned before mm -hmm. and it seems like maybe it's like the the make good for all out as well like where we've we're making these stars that we brought in at all out uh, i think ruby also made her debut there um along with uh with adam cole baby there you go so there's an opportunity there for them to kind of make this tournament about the all out debuts <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh we'll see uh so that's that's the men's and women's owens tournament uh listen let's talk about the young bucks and the hardies first of all rampage loved it Loved that the Young Bucks came Randy out. Cutler and his whale tail. Yes. They brought out Gangrel. They brought out whale tail Cutler. They brought out, it was the, the, the Hardy Bucks. Big fan of that. Uh, and, and the Hardys are, are basically, the whole build to the, to the match was done on BTE, for better or worse. They would, the whole story became the Hardys just want the Bucks of old. They want them to be those aggressive Young Bucks. What's the point of the match? And... We know it'll be good, but like, what are we expecting? What do you what do you want from the Bucks and the Hardys? Uh, I think the Bucks are gonna win just cause, but I think this is just meant to be like 
a dream match. I know they've had it before and that takes some of the allure out of it for people, but to do it on this platform, I think is super, super fun. I don't think this necessarily needed to be on this pay-per-view and an absolutely stacked card, but I do understand that both the Young Bucks and the Hardys sell tickets, so I get it. Um, People might buy a pay-per-view because this match is on it. I think this is going to be a blast. I feel like WWE, I actually feel like WWE is not very good at this. AEW is great at sequencing their cards. And this might be that match that we get that's kind of just that ridiculous thing that goes on before the title match to give you kind of like a breather. I feel like they're great at that of like, usually the third to last match is something that's really intense or technical or whatever, or emotional investment where you're like very glued to it. And then you're kind of like, whoa, I still have the main event. They usually sandwich something between those. And I think this might be that where it's just like eight minutes of insanity and a total blast. But um, I really hope we get dueling Swanton bombs from Nick Jackson and Jeff Hardy. They might not do it because I think Nick's is better at this point. <laughs> well, he, I mean, that was one of the best ones I've ever seen on Friday. That wasn't just like, cause Jeff Hardy's older now. I was like, that's like almost Jeff Hardy comparison. Like, Jeff Hardy put his neck on he put his neck on the line so many times over the years that at this point when he does that swanton he just lands on your stomach like ass first he doesn't care he's like they're all younger than me they can all take it I'm the <laughs> yeah. old guy I'm gonna protect my back and neck passing the abuse torch yeah exactly uh, I could see this match being the match before the main event I can also see it opening the show if it's gonna be a hot like 15 minute young bucks hardy match uh, i don't know where they'll put it but i agree with you typically aw's pretty good tony's pretty good at putting the card in a solid order i think there's only been one time where i've been like they didn't need to do it this way and that was uh with the stadium stampede too how it was the last the last match of that show that was yeah. uh and even that? that i feel like when there's cinematic elements in play that's a little bit wonky well, let's talk about cinematic elements because this one, <laughs> there, there won't be cinematic elements, but Anarchy in the Arena will probably have, this is the way I've been saying I want it to be done. So first of all, it's Jericho Appreciation Society versus Moxley Danielson, Santana Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston. I've been saying since they announced it that the way this match should go is that they start the match in the back and then they just cut away. They don't, the, the, the match isn't just one long segment. The match is the entire like throughout the entire night they just go back to it someone's fighting over here someone's fighting over there and then eventually it does climax in the ring it does end in the ring but for now like because it's anarchy in the arena let it become an entire show long event or at least half the show very bruce pritchard of you sir hey man if it works it works you've got a guy first of all this is the one thing I'm, i'm disliking very much about tony right now that whole game seven conversation about uh the the basketball how he's like oh i don't want to put too much action on during the during the basketball game or i'm gonna load the card based on what's going on with uh with game seven now i i get it i get where he's coming from but you're putting your show on pay-per-view your show can be rewatched at any freaking time and on top of that and it could be rewound live i don't understand why anyone would care about the basketball game being on at a certain time in a world where you can pause, rewind and go back and recap, rewatch, whatever it is. I don't understand that. What are your thoughts on the the whole game seven fiasco? 
Well, my biggest thing is like what on here isn't action. Like, like so anarchy much in of the this, arena. Uh, anarchy Death in the arena, black. but like, man, Eddie Kingston's promo got me like pretty psyched for this. To be honest, like, I think Anarchy in the arena is going to be very similar to Stadium Stampede. I think that the Jazz Society will be going over because I think you're going to get a blood and guts as the resolution to all of this. Um, but I think I think it's just going to be like Stadium Stampede. I think they just called it different, something different, so that Moxley would agree to do it. Like I think that was all an intentional play. Uh, my question for you is, who do you think is going to be the sports entertainer of the match? Eddie Kingston. Good answer, partner. I think that's a, I think that's the heat right there. Good answer, partner. You have Jericho like just piss off Eddie Kingston by being like, he is my sports entertainer of the week. And Eddie Kingston being like, oh hell no. I like it, partner. I like it. That's the guy. And yeah, you couldn't do it. Like I think a lot of people have had to rethink the uh the stadium stampede thing. They they're not near they're not in a stadium, they're not near a stadium, they're not gonna rent out a Legion Stadium just to do this match it was the anarchy in the arena was the only way to do it um anarchy in the mgm grand would have been hilarious though that would in the intimate confines of the mgm grand garden arena if they oh my god if they were able to do with the chaos in the casino for the for them they should just have a cutaway to mjf pulling on slots just Going oh forward. my god, that would be so much fun. I do think that's essentially what it's going to be, though. I think Anarchy in the Arena is going to be them using all of the grounds of the MGM to. Oh, be... Well, they're T-Mobile, so they'll they'll do that. They might find that, out yeah, tomorrow. like I, yeah. I think they'll. Uh, <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of Vegas cheese worked into this. I think it's going to be so much fun. Who wins the match, Kate? The Jazz, and then and the then. You got Blackpool Combat Club slash LAX evening the score with a blood and guts at a later time, I think. Poor Ortiz taking the pin tonight. You think so? Matt Menard is going to pin Ortiz and we're all going to look very confused. Jake Hager is going to get the pin somehow. <laughs> I think Jericho pins Ortiz. That's Remember when they like introduced Hager as this huge deal? <laughs> Physically, yes actually what but like the reveal of him remember yes. it was like we got this guy who's gonna run everything in AEW, and then we were like not so much if you listen to the last talk is jericho they talk about the uh the formation of the jericho appreciation society and like hanger's whole raison d'etre of being with jericho is like i will go anywhere with this man Basically, I will ride his coattails to the end of the earth. And it's like, good for you, Jake Hager. You know where your bread is buttered. And Jericho's like, I will take him anywhere. He rules. And I'm like, good for you, Chris Jericho. You need someone to blame sometimes. Not that is an accountability buddy, if I ever heard one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, very quickly, Tom Talks Rubbish. By the way, great channel. Go check him out. Uh, it says, personally, I think MJF is working us. And we are going to look back on this as one of the best works of the modern era. Please stop with the works. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. I appreciate the super chat. I do. The reason why. It We've also been sense. hearing this since like from one in the morning till now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what doesn't work. make sense. What doesn't make sense about the work is you had this meet and greet. People paid a lot of money to go. And instead of, you didn't give them their money back. You didn't make it right in any sort of way. 
it just it doesn't make sense and on top of that I don't think you're going to get people more interested in your pay-per-view by putting one of your bigger matches in jeopardy. No one's going to be like, oh, I have to spend $50 to find out whether or not MJF and Wardlow have a match. You know how else I can find out if they're going to have that match? I can watch the internet and see what they say. Yeah, I don't think you mess with people's wallets on this. And I also think there's been too many like other real-life situations leading up to this of him like talking about it in interviews when people don't normally do that and things like that you don't screw over your fans in the process of a work that's just bad business and that's that hasn't so far been um how aw has worked at all like that worked in a world where there was no social media i don't think it works anymore and to your point i think it truncates the story it doesn't support it so it's not a work right now, in my opinion. It could turn into one real fast. 100%. 100%. Could turn into yes. one real fast. But I think I, this overshadows the story, and that's why you wouldn't want it to be a work. And like, and I see that someone in the chat was saying, like, oh, why didn't Tony mention anything? Well, quite frankly, he doesn't have to. Because nothing's, nothing's happened nothing's yet. Nothing's happened. And they're not going to mention anything until there's something to mention. Like, you don't go and create speculation about this. If it was a work you would go and create speculation about it. Actually, that's probably an even better sign that it's not. So let's say the match happens. Who wins the match? More than for MJF. several reasons. No, it's going to be MJF. He's going to be like, part of my creative is that I get to control Wardlow. No, I'm, yeah, of course, it's going to be Wardlow. Uh, <laughs> Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly was added for some hell of a reason. I don't understand it. But hey, instead of putting it on Rampage, we're going to put it on the pay-per-view. Darby wins because it's Darby? Yeah, and, and Darby's actually taken a lot of losses in more recent stuff, so I, I think Darby over KOR. Poor Kyle O'Reilly. He deserves so much better. He does, but I think this is also good for super elite stuff, like, oh, I beat up Samoa Joe so that you could win Adam Cole, but here I am losing to Darby Allen might be fun. Chris Miller, the doc, this is saying... Work, 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 work. This Thank is you. Work, 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 work. <laughs> You ever notice in that song that she progressively starts slurring the words work and that is the masterpiece of the song work by Rihanna? Uh, I have noticed that. There you go. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conchi take on Scorpio Sky, the TNT champion, Ollie Go Ethan Page, and Paige Van Zandt. Very excited for Sky Page Page. Uh, not excited for this match. Supposedly something's going to happen. If you listen to Righteous Red from Grapsity, he thinks there's a big reveal of some sorts. What's the deal? If Sammy wins, he can challenge him for the team's title. But if he loses, we all lose. We all lose because this is on our TV a third time. Hey, did you know that Sammy and Ty Conchi have sex? No, please. They're saving themselves. For marriage. For Andrade and Charlotte's wedding. They saved themselves. Everything comes (gasps) back, Everything (laughs) comes back. I refuse to hear such allegations as that they have, that they do under the clothes stuff is ridiculous. How dare anyway. you say they do under the clothes stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Sammy's supposed to never challenge for the title again. There's a million loopholes to that, right? Well, I'm not going to ever challenge for your shitty looking Lakers title, but I'll challenge for, like, I, there is no meat on the bone with this for me anymore. And it's a shame because I feel like their matches are always good. I didn't need to see it a third time. They should have left it as a double turn. 
I really want to cheer for Scorpio Sky. I think it's so dumb that I'm not. Um, I don't believe anything Righteous Reg says. No, I'm just kidding. I, if there's no, 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 stay with that. Stay with that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Stupid Righteous Reg in his righteous ways. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I Reg is. I don't know why, but he's got that like to me like that older brother thing where he's just so fun to get under the skin of like i just love to send him gifts of nikki the lions all the time um but <laughs> i mean if there's if something's gonna happen it better be big because i have i just have no interest in this match and i i like sammy and i like scorpio sky a hell of a lot i love ethan page i want to punt dan lambert into space i <laughs> I'm glad he, the t past two weeks, has stopped calling um, Ty a whore. That's been good. They're that's still sad that I'm, that's like what I'm excited about with this angle is that they stopped slut shaming is sad. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Sky just got this belt and he has to retain, right? So. Let me tell you how I think this ends, this match. And I'm being completely serious. Paige Van Zant pins Frankie Kazarian. Okay. And it's purely for the heat. And it, Frankie is purely there to take the fall. They don't want to pin Ty. They don't want to pin Sammy. He's lost enough. Sky just won a championship. Ethan Page could pin Frankie, but I really think that the heat is a debuting Paige Van Zant getting the getting the win after someone else knocks out frankie kazarian she just kind of tags in saunters over and pins or does something and gets the pin on frankie that's what i really think might happen i think you could get away with that on pay-per-view yeah i think so. it's not like and there's no um combat coming back towards a woman and i don't know if it's mixed rules but in the finish they can easily just mess with that and just do, of course, uh, especially, and the heels could for sure. Yeah, the heels would do it just to get the pin and the finish. So that that's how I see that happening. And then, of course, Sammy doesn't get the title shot ever again, and blah blah blah. He moves on, thankfully, and uh, and that's that. Thank that's the Lord for the moving on part. But if they win under, it can't be mixed tag rules then, because they can't have a reason to come back and say that they need to do this a fourth time. Yeah, I, I will. I will barf. Dan Lambert will just come in and, and call everyone whores, and then that'll be that. Ah, whores, whores, whores. Oh, okay, let's have a match. <laughs> I'm going to get my own world championship with blackjack and hookers. Ah, screw the blackjack. <laughs> blackjack and hookers. <laughs> screw the whole thing. Death Triangle takes on the House of Black Pack. Penta Escuro and Ray Phoenix take on Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Once again, this match could have been on Dynamite as a main event or the crossover segment, but we're doing it because... TK had something in the budget for a tombstone, so he decided to put the Double or Nothing logo on it. As a black uh, wins, uh, you saying had a budget for a tombstone? If you mean from Party City, yeah, yeah, of course. My God, um, I think House of Black wins here. I think they need to. I think it's tricky because I don't think this match needed to be on pay-per-view at all, but I also feel like it's ridiculous that House of Black has never been on pay-per-view. Like, I feel like that's kind of crazy, so mm. I get it from that perspective, but yeah, I think House of Black has to win. I think they need some Ws. Yeah, just give it to House of Black. Have it. It's not going to open the show, but have it just be in the middle, something with 
there'll be a fireball and then Jericho will come out and be like, hey, that's my gimmick. I like it. I'm in. There you go. Uh, okay, I have nothing to add to that. I uh, would be yeah. very in on a Jericho versus Abrahante's fireball wizard match. Uh, I see in the chat the idea of, of uh, Buddy Matthews pinning Penta, and I, I do agree with that. I think that's that the move. Nice. Yeah, I think that's, that's the, the one. We'll find out tonight. TBS Championship, Jay Cargill takes on Anna Jay. Jay Cargill gets the win. Nothing to add there. I mean, yeah. I, I would love if somebody came out after, whether it was Athena or Bivens or whoever. Like, it would be nice if there was another evolution in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Anna Jay then gets saved by one of her former best friends. I feel bad for Anna Jay. She had best friends. Now she doesn't. Now she has no friends. She has no friends. She doesn't even like Dark Order. She doesn't even hang out with them much anymore. I know. Very upset. She's not going to be the star of the show anymore. She's got to figure out what she's going to do. I know. She's not a magician or a co-leader of a faction. She should become a wizard. Everybody should become a wizard. Everyone should be a wizard. AEW, the W stands for All Elite Wizards. All Elite Wizards. So, World Tag Team Championships in a triple threat match. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus take on Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs take on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland in a match that was basically Christian Cage being like, my guys are going to beat you up because you guys are a bunch of little bitches. And then Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus being like, wait, what? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> do they retain? Does Do, do the Jungle Express <laughs> retain this the, the tag titles? I've been going back and forth with this one for a while. I feel like you should give it to Swerve and Lee because I don't think they're going to be near title pictures for a little bit. And I feel like it makes sense to give them gold. I don't like love them dropping here, but I do feel like this tag run hasn't like been the most effective thing. Like they've never felt like the most important tag team on the show. I think I feel like they've still been getting overshadowed by FTR, which makes sense with what they've been doing um so i think it's maybe time for them to move on and have the split from christian or maybe if trio's titles are on the way they build that out a little bit longer but um yeah i I think it's time for them to drop and i feel like with dark still having the ftw title the putting it on um lee and swerve is the way to go i would keep the titles on jungle boy luchasaurus I would tease the dissension like they've been doing for the last basically six months with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. And then after that, have FTR versus Jungle Boy Luchasaurus. FTR win the AEW World Tag Championships. And that's when the Cage turn happens. Not for Cage to join FTR, because that's just absurd. But just to start the Jungle Boy Christian Cage feud. I think it's very possible they could retain... Like, I, I feel like it's, it's, this is one, and actually the world championship title, um, I think are ones where the, it, the champions could very, very well retain. Yeah. But for some reason, I'm just feeling just like gut instinct. I oh, say. we'll find out. Swervingly. Leave a thumbs up, by the way. We're cutting down the home stretch. You can donate your super chats, by the way. Get your question or statement read on the air. That's what I want. Uh, the, buy-in match i didn't get there so let's do the buy-in match hookhausen which is of course just the match everyone's there to see versus tony niece and mark sterling uh come on tony niece is gonna beat Danhausen again right how dare you mark sterling is gonna pin hook how 
dare you. The heat. If Mark Sterling pins hook in his oh my god, you WWE bootlicker. Let me doing things for the heat. Let me do the bully ray thing, bro. No, sorry, that's the wrong guy. That's the wrong New Yorker. I don't care if anyone in the chat got that. That popped tremendously. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Nobody is a real heel anymore, Joel. Tell me about oh, right. the heat. Tell me about heat, Joel. Tell me about heat. Well, we'll go to the Manhattan Center. We'll set up a table. We'll call up Dixie and then we'll bring all our friends. <laughs> uh, Hookhausen gets the win here. Is that what we're expecting? Because it's the buy-in and we want everyone to be happy, right? Yeah, and Hookhausen was created to make the fans happy, so I don't think you screwed over with the booking. I think this eventually is leading to a one-on-one match between Tony Nese and Hook, but I think for tonight, you just do you do the right thing. You give the people what they want. You got to give the people what they want, and then they pull the camera out, and it's best friends. That's, That's all I got there. Uh, <laughs> Women's World Championship. Thunder Rosa defends against Serena Deeb. This is a poor build that will have a good match. And I don't, I don't even know, man. Like I know Thunder Rose is going to win. I know the match is going to be great. Where do you put this on the card? And what do you expect out of this? Like this is Thunder Rosa's biggest defense to date. She hasn't been wrestling. Uh, it's really since winning the, t- the title. So what do you do? What do you do with Thunder Rosa? And uh, what do you expect out of this match? I expect this match to completely outclass the build to it. Um, She's only had one other defense, right? It was against Nyla. And that match was actually really good. I just didn't want to see it. Um, But I think... Oh, yeah, the Nyla match. (laughs) Yeah, and it was on Battle of the Belts, and it was good. But it was just like, I I rolled my eyes at the the cake spot and build. Um, Sorry, hold on. I loved the cake spot. I'm sorry. I loved it because it was Nyla. Nyla proved this. It, it really became all about Nyla in that moment. It did. The whole bill became about Nyla Rose being so much better than people give her credit for. And I think that is that is the, the problem with Thunder Rosa as the champion right now is that Nyla Rose was so good in that build. And then in that match, that Thunder Rosa became like secondary. But continue, please. This is why the cake was amazing. This is why it's Alex 900 times a week and not you. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I can't. I, I love getting to be on stream with Joel, actually. Um, I, I mean, I, I think Serena loses here, but I think this match goes on third to last, and I think it's great. I, I think it's going to be um, I, one of the best women's wrestling matches that we've seen in, in AEW, and that's not to take away from the lights out match or anything else that has happened there or anything like that. But I mean, just like bell to bell wrestling wise, I think this is going to be some of some of the best women's wrestling that we've ever seen. I don't understand why they didn't talk about the NWA title at all on the way to this build. That makes no sense to me. That's how Rosa came in. There's such a great story there, but there were some things that I liked in Rosa's last promo. There were some things that I liked in Deeb's promo. I didn't like the delivery of Deeb's. Um, but just like a little bit too little too late. Um, but I, I think the actual match is going to be fantastic. This is one that I wouldn't mind if they chose to run it back. This one would be, I think, one for the ages. Yeah, there you go. What do you uh, think this goes on? I think this goes on third last. 
Uh, or what what time does the show start? Eight o'clock. So nine thirty would probably be a good time to to run that match, right? <laughs> Women's wrestling can only happen at nine thirty. Wednesdays, pay per views. It's like the moon. It's this like the sun and the moon. Just that that magical time. It's like when you go and you take photos and you just you know you you got to get the golden hour. The golden hour for women's wrestling is nine thirty p.m. That's, That's it. it That's the way it goes. Oh. Um, yeah, there we go. And finally, in the main event, this is probably the one that has a lot of people talking, a lot of people confused, and a lot of people unsure. And this is the good thing. This is where it's okay to be worked for your show. The world championship, Hangman Page, takes on CM Punk. Now, I don't think anyone would have expected this a year ago. No. Um, I don't think people expected Page to be in the position he's been put in as a champion. And I don't think people expected punk to be, I think, I think with punk coming in, they expected him to be, well, a wrestler is one thing, (laughs) but I think they expected CM punk to be in a high profile match at every pay-per-view. Did you expect CM punk to be in a title match this quickly? And give me your thoughts on hangman pages title run so far in AEW. Underrated. Underrated for sure. Uh, you know, for Punk being here almost a year, I guess a little, what, eight months? About? He came Since back in August of August, last year? so, yeah, we're going to be a year in August. That's about uh, yeah, uh, 10 months. I think it's eight, been a, a pretty good build, and realistically, I mean, I'm the biggest Punk mark in the world, so. Um, but realistically, like, he's he's won a bunch of matches to get to this point, right? So, Coming in, it, like this doesn't feel hot shotted to me in any way. I think he had a lot of really good singles matches, and I think he had two incredible feuds with Eddie Kingston and MJF, um, as well as like these one offs, right, with Dax and um, with Hobbs at, at Grand Slam was so special. I think the the rise has made sense here. I think the money is in a heel CM Punk, so that's definitely interesting. With this feud, and again world's biggest punk mark my favorite part about this has been adam page's work with it i think he's been absolute gangbusters i feel like it was set up to be like i think a lot of what punk is doing almost with some of this mini cena stuff has been um to to throw the softball to adam page to have him hit this out of the park but like i have loved every moment of Adam Page being an anxious millennial cowboy with an emphasis on the anxious part with this. Like the way that Punk is living in his head a little bit, the way he used to the GTS, um, him saying he's defending it from Punk on the last promo, I thought was amazing. I really, really liked the side of Page. I wish we had a little bit more of it, but this is the most exciting program I think we've gotten since since the Danielson stuff, which was completely classic in such a different way. I think Paige has had a really good reign. I don't know if people have given it the credit it deserves or if Tony Khan has put it in the most successful position, but his match against Lance Archer was great. His matches against Adam Cole were great. Like it's not a reflection of him. If you have like, um, concerns about whether it has felt important enough. I don't think that has had anything to do with Adam Page. I think he's been an outstanding champion. I thought for sure this was going to go to Punk. I still think it's going to, but there is part of me that wonders if they run it back in Chicago and that Punk 
uh, or rather Paige retains here, but I think you don't want to risk losing what's been creative here. I, I've, I personally have felt like there's been a lot of magic here and I think you want to like make this happen now. Like I, I, I think running it back, you might risk losing some of the momentum that they've built out of this, but I've absolutely loved this. So what you're saying is CM Punk wins the AW world championship and then hops on the barricade and blows a kiss to Tony Khan as he jumps through the crowd. Runs away. And he just runs away. <laughs> I think MJF has done that enough uh, today. <laughs> no, you're saying month. MJF comes in at the end of the match, pins Hangman Adam Page, wins the AW World Championship, and then runs blows away. a kiss to Tony Khan and walks away. Yeah. And then Punk just goes. What happened? <laughs> Whatever. What happened? I'm I'm hoping that Punk wins and turns heel in the same breath. I think just rip the bandaid off all at once, um, because there's a whole there's a whole group of people that are ready to come back. Nobody more than Eddie Kingston and say, "I told you this is who this guy was." Let's get that story rolling down the mountain. Let's have a summer of Punk proper, and then I don't think his title reign needs to be a year long. I think you can have him take this. Um, you know, Alex said, and I think this is great booking have him drop it to Eddie Kingston at Grand Slam, and that if MJF is still with the company, like six weeks later, Eddie Kingston drops it to MJF, and that MJF has a a, a monster long run. Um, but we'll see, as all of that sounds very subject to change in this moment. Yes. I mean, so the idea of, like, CM Punk, the summer of Punk always starting with Punk turning heel, and now Hangman Adam Page is saying, I, I want to stop that. I want to be the guy who doesn't play into the summer of punk and basically becomes useless uh after it happens so let's say punk wins and then he starts his descent into heel universe cm punk is the big heel hangman page now has to basically say ha i was right it's 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 sorry to make this very light it is the ezekiel elias story where Kevin Owens is sitting around and saying, that's Z- that's Elias, that's Elias. Where Hangman Page is running around telling the entire roster, he's a piece of shit. I told you he was a piece of shit. And eventually, listen, I know. I, I just really you wanted to find, the This reference. story has been told before in wrestling. You couldn't find any other comparison. No, I gotta make this it isn't now. an identity crisis about a guy who shaved his beard no, and is now claiming to be somebody else. So. We're doing this one. By the way, I think they're both going to show up at one point. Anyway, the point is... <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, the point is, I think that the, there is a story there for Hangman to be like, I told you this guy was a piece of shit. And then you can run back that championship match, not immediately, but at least in the next few months. But the question then becomes, does Paige become a two-time AEW world champion off the back of proving that CM Punk is a piece of shit? And Punk has a summer of Punk, let's say by uh, All Out. That is the next pay-per-view. So let's say by the pay-per-view after All Out that uh, hangman wins or maybe a winter is coming because winter is coming yeah. therefore summer is over therefore hangman page wins the title back from cm punk who's been this tyrant of a human being that could be very fun that could be very fun i feel like at that point Ken- kenny coming back um blocked muted ruined forever muted. andrew the giant ezekiel is a different person kate what do you mean listen Kevin Owens doesn't lie. He tells truths. That match with or that segment with Sammy was like so fantastic. Um, 
I think there's a lot of good that can be done in a CM Punk reign. I don't think it needs to be super long for that to be the case, right? Like, I, I think a lot of people are on the same page about that. Is like, let's put over some young talent in the process. Um, dropping back to Paige is an interesting one. I think having him be your two-timer, first two-timer, is something that would surprise a lot of people. I think a lot of people thought that was going to be Moxley. But I'm thinking at that point, Paige and Omega might be on the same side of things. And maybe there's something going on back there that could be really, really fun. We will see. That is the entire card. We got through it. Uh, so it. just just to recap, uh, so MJF, uh, do you think he's going to skip double or nothing? I don't. I, th- I think him not getting on the plane is a sign that he will probably wrestle the match. Will he wrestle and ask for his release? I could see that happening, but I still think no. I think Tony Khan will probably. I think Tony Khan knows that keeping him around long term is the right thing and will probably pay out the ass for him. <laughs> and finally, what machines was MJF playing last night at Mandalay Bay instead of going to his uh, meet and greet? Egyptian quarter slots, mm-hmm. Sex in the City penny slots. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he went to the poker table, but he didn't play because he was thinking, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And he walked away. Did he miss the Eagles concert? Just like Dave Meltzer. Did you hear about that? Because that was quite frankly, the funniest thing that came out of this whole thing. (laughs) Dave Meltzer being like, I missed the Eagles concert for this story. (laughs) My God. God. Uh, Get over it. Grandma, the super chats. To end us off here, CM Punk enters in a vest on a horse. I love it. I thought Adam Page was going to sit at the end of a ramp. The CM stands for Cowboy Man. (laughs) (laughs) Cowboy Man Punk. Cowboy Man Punk. And that's the show. Kate, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, eventually you'll find me at Miss Kate Fave on Twitter again. Uh, But right now you can find me at Kate'sTagrams on Instagram uh yeah and you can find me doing the post show tonight behind the paywall not on the main but we'll be on fightful select me and alex Pulowski running down wrestling that we really like to talk about which is a very different vibe so come join us it'll be a good show check out fightful select i'm not here to shell fightful select i'm here to shell over book because i want y'all to come and join us we've crossed thirteen thousand subscribers we'd love to have more we'd love to bring you and your friends along A lot of y'all came to hang out with us today and to watch this show. We appreciate you. Drop a thumbs up on the way out and also drop a comment if you're watching us after the fact. Let's get out of here. Enjoy Double or Nothing tonight. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.